Welcome to the ASU Sports Business Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the ASU Sports Business Podcast. We hope you're doing well and that you enjoyed our last podcast with Zarina Bador, um, which is very insightful. Again, talking on you know how we can raise or increase levels of professionalization in the Pan-African sports space and maybe highlight some of those soft skills, you know, that would uh, help in developing the sports sector. We hope you're well. Um, and yeah, look, really looking forward to this podcast <clears throat> today. Um, today, yeah, I have, I don't know, this is someone that you first have known for a long time. They've been behind the scenes of many things, but you, you know, probably won't have heard of them. <laughs> Um, but the work that they do is really powerful in terms of advancing um, what's happening on the content um, and engaging the diaspora as well. So today I do have Andy Howes with me today, um, an expert, I guess, in the sports media space. Um, he's smiling as I say this. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's had a great experience as well with previously organizations such as Optimal Sports Management, and now with Afro Sports. But Andrew, Andy, rather, how are you? How's everything yep. going? I'm good. Pleasure to speak to you on this podcast. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Uh, we originally met in our first event that we put on, as in the ASU put on 2019, I believe, or 2018. Yep. One of the two. Um, yep. And you attended and you shared your knowledge amongst, you know, with other people who you attended that day. But how are you? How's everything going? It's going well. It's uh, yeah, exciting time. Yeah, and, yeah, but it's going good. It's now that everything is going back to some normality. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So I guess just for the listeners, we'll be touching on a few things, but really honing in on obviously the work Andrew keeps saying Andrew the work Andy does um, pertaining to the sports space, especially with the focus on Afcon um, and what you and your organisation have been doing in the whole Pan African space. But I guess I need to kick things off. Um, maybe just talk a bit more about Afro Sports in general. I will share the link to your website as well uh, for people listening. You can go to the to the comments at the bottom, yeah. so to the description below, so you can find a link to the website. But I just want to give us an overview of Afro Sports and what you guys do. Yeah, so Afro Sports is a hub for all. Um, related um, African media, uh, sports media. Um, it's what does is what it says on the tin. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Africa and the diaspora. Um, we, um, as opposed to what we've um, done previously, you mentioned Optima Sports, um, which was set up about 20 years ago, oh, more than that, 1998, founded mm. Optima Sports. And that was principally a um, sports marketing company, um, organized some football matches, but yeah. the main thing was um, sports media rights yeah. in Africa mm. from a base in uh, Nigeria. And typically we would be with license rights and then um, either sub-license them or sell um, airtime. So this would typically be free-to-air um, sports yeah. rights we're talking about, yeah. not in the 
very seldomly pay TV, but that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's another ball game with some <laughs> yeah, some guys make guys doing some amazing work on the continent, but we're not we're not in that not in that league. <laughs> um, but um yeah, free so free to wear has been our niche. And um we uh for several years were buying um licensing premium sports rights such as Premier League. Yep. Um, I think the first time the Premier League offered, no, I, I know the first time the Premier League offered a free-to-air package um, in Sub-Saharan Africa, we mm. were the licensees um, for all of the countries barring South Africa. Wow. And then, um, yeah, then after that, there was... That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It was a big undertaking. Um mm. And uh, at a time, it was you know, very, it was very pioneering. I think that's something we can, can you know, can we blaze a trail? Yeah. Paid a lot of, <laughs> we say, idiot tax in the process, but <laughs> um, some valuable knowledge and um, um, an experience. But yeah, Premier yeah. League, um, uh, Champions League, Europa League, La Liga. Bundesliga, a lot of European leagues. For the big rights, yeah. For the big rights, then, yeah, then we were FIFA partners in Nigeria, essentially from 2006 up until 2014. Mm-hmm. Had done some, we had a taste for Pan-African rights from before that. We'd really stumbled yeah. on it. We'd mm-hmm. acquired some um, rights to the FIFA additional events for Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we paid, well, I can't remember what we paid, but what we paid at the time, we then were looking at broadcasting, trying to see how we could actually get the pictures to Nigeria. Yeah. The works of a Pan-African satellite provider, and they said they could only do it if they had the whole of Africa. Mm-hmm. They were provided the signal to. So we went back yeah. to the right, to FIFA, and the margin which they gave us on top was, it was nothing. They would have done everything um, for the price that we paid just for Nigeria. That's when we realized that, yeah, we were in the, the key market. Yeah. Um, outside of South Africa, but those yeah. are the two dominant markets. And so we realized that we could um, maybe play at a continental level. Yeah. A fantastic yeah. partner in Nigeria, Rotomi Pedro. Yeah. Yep. Um, some, Great work with um, the national broadcaster there, NTA, and mm-hmm. some other free-to-air channels, and the union of broadcasters. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, we've, so we've kind of, that's the model we followed for several years, buying these rights and effectively selling them on. The only place where we took a, a, a wider position was in Nigeria, in the same yeah, way we yeah. would actually, um, in effect, when we were showing yeah. these rights on TV, we were mm. selling all the advertising, we do the production, we do wow. everything. And so we've, um, now with Afrosport, we've taken, taken you know, one further step where instead of just buying the selling rights, we can set up a, our own yeah. TV. Yeah platform yep and that's what we've done we have a 
uh, channel that sits on the um, government-owned DTT channel mm-hmm. in Nigeria, um, Afrosport TV. Yep. And um, 24-7 channel. Wow. And um, eventually, when the switchover eventually uh, <laughs> concludes, the platform is, is expected to be the default platform mm-hmm. and reaching upwards to 25 million homes. Yeah. So currently in 2 million homes, we're still um, working with the AFCON, which you mentioned, yep. with the licensees. And I'm going to come on to that. Um, yeah. But I was going to, do you know what? I think, man, you've mentioned so much already, you know, from <laughs> your, even from when you entered this market, you know, 20 years ago, I guess, how have you seen consumption I guess change from you know the audience, but also how how things in the space has changed pertaining to you know uh, media because media is always a always a key way and always has been a key a key tool right for organisations trying to penetrate into Africa. Africa is very very large, very diverse in terms of communities, um, and of course a, a hurdle uh, for many organisations is you know um, access to you know. Um, how do I say, like maybe OTT platforms. Um, I know in Nigeria, for example, you have DSTV and things like that and reaching those communities and markets. But how has it differed, I guess, from your perspective in the 20 years? Is it still, are those hurdles still the same or has it progressed in that, in that time? Yes, there's been a considerable amount of progression. Mm. Um, I think at the time when we um, got involved, people were Perhaps looking at us as kind of some kind of crazy people. What we're we doing, buying rights for sub-Saharan Africa. Um, I had a colleague who sadly no longer with us um, died a couple of years ago, Lyndon Roberts. Um, and I know he'd worked for um, FIFA's agency and you know tells me of rights that he was handling, which today are going for tens of millions, hundreds of millions. Wow, to Africa, but at that time, nobody was interested. Yeah, and uh, typically there would have been the approach was, you know, it's, it's, it's super sport or nothing. Yeah, and um, uh, so it was something. Yeah, but it, it was it was difficult to um, first of all convince the rights holders to trust us with their properties. Yeah. yeah. And to also, I think for a long time, uh, to deal with this on a truly um, commercial basis, um, you know, the, uh, you know, and, and to find a partner who was not just interested, a rights holder, not just interested in a kind of snatch and grab. Oh, you know, mate, those are still around today. <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, it's still there. I'm mm. seeing more rights holders who are taking a um, a view um, of Africa really, you know, now they're trying to put in place building blocks and develop serious yeah. business relationships. Um, you know, they've, yes, they've done fantastically with the likes of Supersport. Yep. Supersport, one time, were, I know the EPL's biggest paying customer mm-hmm. outside of the um, UK. Um, but you know, how long is that going to last off? You just have one dominant yeah. um, 
licensee. So there's a and and not to forget, I mean that's on that's on. So you're going back to your question. Yes, things have changed changed um, significantly with um, rights holders looking towards Africa. I believe yeah. in a in a different way. Yeah. Still, you know, still some way to go. I would say, mm-hmm. but um, it's um, it's it's um, moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think for the free-to-air market, there's still, in many ways, further to go because not only you've got more moving parts, you've got um, the issue of um, you have to go now take, you know, get your money from ultimately advertisers or sponsors yeah. and there's a problem of audience measurement. Yeah. It's improving now that things are, it's, there are more research companies. Um, but, you know, before I, you know, decisions were made, just on, you know, very, yeah, yeah. very, yeah. I, you know. <laughs> so I guess in the case as well, <clears throat> so in terms of, you know, that's like from a license perspective, right? How about also the appetite, I guess, or engagement for local sports? Because we, this conversation has always been pertinent, right, in terms of, you know, the big international leagues, being those rights being sold in Africa. Uh, I don't know, you have the Brazilian League, Scratch Premier League, no offense to those, of course, but maybe those leagues being broadcasted, maybe at the expense of, like, local leagues and tournaments as well. Um, obviously, giving them the platform to boost, of course, we need the media exposure for that. Is that what's the appetite and the concept around that? It's still relatively um, poor. I think it's improving. We've seen some um, domestic leagues which are um, getting better viewing figures, but I think there's there's an essential problem. Um, you, I'll give you an example with, with um, super sport. Yeah, go for it. And um, probably the one area where super sport, perhaps the comparison can be made with free to wear is in South Africa, just because of the uh, amount of um, viewing um, the audience, the size of the audience that they have in South Africa. So, you know, they pay huge amounts for, you know, premium um, European football. Yeah, which yeah, everyone watches, but they've also got the South African Premier League, mm-hmm. which they've been able to market and develop alongside their other European offerings. Yeah, I think that's that is a clever bit of that. That's how that's how hopefully this book can be done with the free to wear. If we can get to that stage, you market alongside. Yeah, the thing which everybody wants to watch Premier League, but can you now position some local um, leagues um, around that? Your your local leagues have got to get the exposure. Yes, definitely. Without the exposure, I mean, I know of um, you know, for years the you know the, the Nigerian Premier League, it wasn't being shown on on yep. TV. Yep. If any sponsorship deals you sign, I mean, what is that? On based on what? 
on mm-hmm. who's watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the basis of advertising and sponsors. You want to be able yeah. to measure the number of people viewing your, your branding. So if it's not being televised, that's an immediate problem. And the free-to-air broadcasters as public service broadcasters mm-hmm. I think they're struggling when it comes to advertising and sponsorship. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's still got some way to go. Um, I think before the local sports can be built up. But yeah, I'm seeing yeah that there are okay. um, areas in which this has been it's, it's okay. happening and being developed. Yeah. All right. Um, all those questions, I don't know. I didn't even have them down to ask you, but from the introduction that you said, I thought it was very yeah timely. Hey everyone, just wanted to briefly interrupt the podcast to let you know we'll be hosting an event in July in partnership with Alive and Kicking. It's a similar concept to our previous morning mindshare event. However, as this event won't occur in the morning, we've labeled this one mindshare. It'll be an intimate gathering, allowing you to network with peers, exchange your thoughts and best practice. So if you are in London, I would like to know more. Click the link in the description of the podcast to see all the relevant information. Thanks again. And back to the rest of the podcast with Andy. But, you know, earlier this year we had AFCON, which was a good tournament, um, was broadcasted not just on the continent well, but um, also, of course, abroad, like here in the UK with BBC Sky Sports and other uh, media houses across Europe. Um, but as well, I guess you had, and your organisation uh, had an involvement in that as well. So I think for this year's AFCON, it was broadcasted in quite a few uh, African countries uh, because of the partnership with AUB, so the African Union yeah. of Broadcasting, and you worked, I guess, or partnered with them, the AUB, to help distribute the content, you know, amongst those regional markets on the continent. Um, so yeah, can you just maybe explain yeah. in a bit more detail your your involvement yeah. in that, and I guess the, um, you know, the importance um, of that in terms of you know distributing that across various other countries in Africa. Yeah. Well, yeah, the AUB have actually been involved um, as FIFA, as FIFA, sorry, CAF's um, agent, the gatekeeper for the um, CAF rights since 2019. Yeah. They also um, distributed the um, um, 2019 um, AFCON. And same here, we got to 25. Um, countries, which mm-hmm. I mean, given the circumstances of um, COVID and you know, yeah, you know I mean, right up until casting my back to November, December, yeah. there's still a yeah. lot of uncertainty. So, yeah, um, to have 25 um, uh, broadcasters taking this was a was a thing, a great achievement for them. And yeah, we we're working alongside them, supporting. Given some general support, but specifically in the areas of uh, um, finding commercial partners. Um, in Nigeria, we were the licensee. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, we, um, Afrosport showed it, produced it, the, yeah. the, the show um, for all the matches. And 
distributed the signal to other free-to-air channels across oh, Nigeria. Yeah. So yeah. in NTA, IIT, other bond members, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So in terms of, you know, it's important for AUB in terms of, you know, giving commercial, was that in the sense of, for example, if they sub-license the rights to Afcon to, I don't know, another African country, did you help to garner commercials in that specific region? Well, how, was, how was it kind of packaged? So um, we were, um, they were allowed by CAF to um, sell certain minutes around the broadcast of the matches. Oh, okay, yeah. Plus they produced some other magazine shows themselves, yeah. especially for the AFCON. Yeah. And we were selling that, those okay. commercial packages. Yeah, um, yeah. Sponsors. Yeah. And oh. um, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that was a model very similar to what this is how we were operating yeah. at Osme years ago, um, yeah. in the same way. But um, yeah, it was quite effective. Again, given all the challenges, it was we were very pleased with the outcome, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't. It was for um, Afcon um, in Cameroon, but also um, other CAF rights. Um, yeah. For the next year, so we've got the Afcon Women's coming up in July. Yep, July, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, we're also, you know, um, approaching in the in the same way. Um, okay. That's in Morocco, from the second yeah. to the twenty third of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. It's a, I mean, going back to what we spoke about earlier, right? In terms of um, broadcasting local. Or African sports to the to their audience in Africa. I know with CAP at the moment, that's one of their main aims to really uh, how is it put to me to really um, yeah really um, grow that affiliation with Africans and get that bond uh, back to the people of Africa uh, engaging them with football and knowing that okay yeah you can watch it you can. Yeah. you know, do other things outside of playing the field, but still be engaging with football and cash. So definitely that exposure there would definitely go a long way in terms of, um, yeah. yeah, reaching out to people and growing that affinity. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of potential still there to unlock a lot of... Yeah. Um, yeah, the product, the, product the, the, the football has to be um, aired. Yeah. Um, become of it, you've got to have a standard of production. A standard. You can't have um, the people watching Premier League and yeah. UEFA Champions League, and then the picture quality. You come to something else. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be uh, in our first-class product, and it has yeah. been. Yeah, it has it has been. Been. and and um, you know the, the 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 times, the regularity, all of those things have got mm-hmm. to be. Um, on a par with what people may watch on on Super Bowl. As we say, we're trying to we are trying to deliver a um, pay TV experience for free to air viewers. Given that eighty yeah. percent of viewers yeah, tough. can't afford to pay, yeah, that is tough. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, that's that's the that's what we're seeking to do. Um, mm. Yeah, probably uh, probably still not. Quite the best is, is vastly vastly improved. It's a, yeah. it's a quality product mm. that's been put out there, and um, yeah, I can see the the that's needed now to 
uh, bringing some audience measurement, some research, the sponsors is going to take some time yeah. to, um, I think, for that, to, in order to unlock that um, that value. I mean, it's a massive audience. I mean, you would be having you know, 200 million people yep. watching a game of football and they're, they're not to be, um, you know, yeah, host of brands wanting to associate with that, yeah, and, and the passion which people would, mm. which people fans have for um, football. Well, it's this the global, yeah. world favorite game, but particularly in Africa, to see for, yeah. for a brand to come on board and support a free to air broadcaster. Yeah. We're calling them. We're calling our our sponsors. So you're you're really the. Tri- the people's champions, you know, yeah, they for for real. Them to receive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um, I just want to, I want to ask you a bit more in terms of, you know, the what they did in Nigeria or about Afcon, but just based on what you're saying, <clears throat> and correct me if you already answered it here, but as you mentioned, you know, in, on the continent, um, eighty percent of people may not have access to pay TV, and so how do you, and I guess you know, for people who want to maybe get into that space and understand and navigate in Africa, how do you overcome that hurdle of, you know, the pay TV, maybe it's a small percentage of the market, but of course it's paid, but at the same time, you know, free to a larger percentage of the market, um, but maybe may not have that disposable income. How do you get over that, that hurdle and, you know, get around that, if that makes sense? Um, I think there's a opportunity today that needs opportunities which um, are created by the uh, media tools which are available to us, social media, yeah, um, yeah. that allow us to engage better yeah. with audiences. So I, I, it's not it's. It's a package of um, of marketing yeah. um, strategies that have got to be put together. To yeah. but they can, but you know, there there can be more cost effective strategies that to utilize um, to build up an audience and be able to get some um, brands to support this. Mm-hmm. Still, the, the key thing is is, is data. Yeah. You know, presenting the data to the to the um, sponsors and advertisers um, about who's watching. If anecdotally you're able to do that, some some extent through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but this, I think, this is where the we will. This is a challenge still for um, I think content owners seeking yeah. to. Uh, commercialize their products is ultimately being able to um, get across to the brands yeah. you know, who is watching. At least the, 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 the brands that we were dealing with will come in, came to the point is okay, they know that's a, they know that free to is something they've got to do. Yeah. But at least if we do it and we can't get a specific number, yeah. show us the engagement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was the engagement, and I think that's that's where. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. You could take it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's. I guess 
I mean, you already mentioned, you know, you really had a strong base in Nigeria uh, from your previous time at Optima. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, you licensed the right to Afghan in Nigeria, working with other broadcasters in the country, et cetera, and things like that. And more so, you know, broadcast on your own channel, which is, I mean, tip my hat off to you. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's groundbreaking, you know. Um, how was, I'm guessing that was a long process, right? I guess, firstly, how did you manage to attain it? And even maybe getting ahead of my, in fact, no, let's stick to that one first. So how did that come about? And what does that give you the ability to do? Um, yeah. Well, I have to, um, not really something that I can take much credit for. Um, a, lot, a lot of that goes to my um, partner, yeah. um, Pedro. Um, but yeah, over a period of time, um, we had established ourselves as a, um, the main operator in the free-to-air sports space. Yeah. We'd stepped, we'd, we had stepped away around 2015. The, the, the prices, the, the rights fees at that time had just reached a point <laughs> that were no longer, well, they just weren't free-to-air prices. <laughs> yeah. Just weren't, could not be sustained by free-to-air. I mean, today, the, the, the prices which are people are paying today are you know, probably 30 to 40% of what they were back in uh, wow. eight to ten years ago. So we stepped away, but what we found is, I think, to our surprise, is um, not much had changed. Sad in a way, but not much had changed when we got back involved um, um, two couple of years ago. And um, he was able through his contacts to um, secure a license, um, we, you know, mostly based on the reputation that we had from before. Yeah. And um, uh, as it stands, we are the only 24-7 sports channel wow. on the DTT platform. Um, we have also, on a technology side, we have uh, also been able to over well, five just, years just, now. This fans connect you're going to talk about. Yeah, kind of develop. We've developed our own um, kind of streaming. Yeah. IP um, mm -hmm. delivery yeah. Um, system, which is allowing us to yeah stream also stream our stream yeah. our channel. Um, yeah. Helps the play out. Helps us to help with, with, with the Afcon. We were distributing to the other um, mm -hmm. broadcasters in Nigeria via. Our yeah. IP streaming platform. Um, just yeah, take a lot of cost, not easier to manage. Yeah. What's um, the name of that? What's, what's the name of that app? That's Optimize. O P T I M E Y E S. Yep, get out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> optimize, optimize Africa. But um okay. yeah, so yeah. that's um we've we've uh, uh, got some great technical partners on that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is you know, this is the way in which we intend to use to distribute um, to the rest of Africa and the Caribbean. Yeah. You mentioned yeah, yes. we're in the process of setting up an Afro Sport um, yeah. TV in the Caribbean also. 
Oh, right, yeah, you you are, and actually, and you mentioned it. Yeah, let's let's come into that, right? So, you know, truly Pan African, not just in word, but in, in deed as well. So, what was the reason behind that expansion into the Caribbean? I mean, it's not the, the links between Africa and Caribbean are clear, of course, but it's not a move that often you see one take. So, what's the what's the reason behind that? Is there appetite in the Caribbean for? For the sort of content that you that you stream, yeah, they, I, well, I'm hell from yes, the Caribbean. Yes. My parents are from the, the Caribbean. <laughs> um, I was born here. I've always been uh, had a a wider vision, and yes. I, just, I just felt, particularly when it comes to sport, <laughs> if we as a and I'm saying the broader sense, Africans. Yes, are able to um, come together, pool um, the strength of that resource. What Africa's given to the world yeah. in terms of yeah. sport is unmatched. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it's <laughs> why I would choose to do this. This is because it's a passion. I just feel that yes. if we come if we can um, bring together. Uh, what, what one of the things we want to use Afrosport to do is to celebrate um, the achievements of Africans. And, yep. You know, and Africans, you know, I'm not just talking, you know, your Kanu's, um, yeah, uh, Pacha Samalito. I'm talking, you know, the same box. Yeah. Um, you know, phrases and things like that. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's huge. The West Indies cricket team, and yeah. there's a there's a fantastic documentary you get the chance to watch called Fire in Babylon, and um, about the West Indies cricket team from about 1975 to um, throughout the 80s, early 90s. They were the what dominant. Um, you you might see it on you might see it on YouTube, but um, it's it's a documentary going back a few years. Okay. Fire in Babylon, and. Basically, the, the, the story that's put across is that here you had um, a group of West Indian Islands coming together. And they were really, um, and they saw themselves as they were young. This team was, was um, a team of young Africans who they had been uh, four hours enslaved. Mm-hmm. Now they were rising up and defeating their colonial masters on the um, yeah. field. Yeah. And, you know, some of the encounters they had to go through in the 70s and 80s, truly inspiring. Yeah. And I just believe those stories are out there. Yeah, definitely. Have not been celebrated in the way that we are, that, they should, that we, we want to celebrate them as Afrosport. And they're inspiring to... They just really change the narrative. As I say, you think of um, thinking in that context, what Africa has contributed to the world of yes. yeah. 120 years. When yep. the other day, when um, France won the World Cup, and they say the African <laughs> World Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, no, and, um, definitely, definitely agree with that. It's not a question of you know, will Africa succeed? Africa has succeeded, Africa has <laughs> delivered um, time and time again. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's what we want to, we want to um, portray through Afro Sport. It's yeah. a vision, it's, it's a wide vision um, that we have. So, yeah. That's amazing. 
Um, I also want to touch on, you know, Fans Connect app that you have. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's another example of like diversifying your digital portfolio, right? So you've got your you got your pay TV, you got your free to air, you've got the your IP request app, but also Fans Connect, which is which it is which it does what it says on the tin, right? It connects yeah. fans, and we've seen in this day and age those fan kind of led platforms where fan engagement is. I mean, you're talking about for the free to air, not necessarily you had the data, but what they want to see is engagement. And yeah. I guess with platforms such as Fan Connect, that engagement is huge, especially around sports. Like it's it's massive. So how how did that come about, and how has that been? You know, this the same again. We just we just see that there's a generally uh, when we talk about the eighty percent, yeah, free to team, we just see that generally there's a underserved, passionate yeah. fan base, football loving fan base, sports loving yeah. fan base, yeah. And um, you know, this was an opportunity to uh, provide a platform to serve this, the, the community um, by given something which yeah you will see elsewhere in the rest of the world yeah um, you kind of see like an Arsenal fans TV for Africa you know yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. you know if you can build that around the um the the the, the, the TV offering mm. that's a that's a strong that's a that's a strong um again that is coming back to if we can pull together that community yeah yeah the power I mean, that we would have there would be, yeah, yeah, uplifting. I mean, you're getting so much insight and into just, you know, your space, what Afro sports are doing, the whole, you know, media and digitalization. And I guess, I mean, you're seasoned in the game in 20 plus years. But I think from even the things that you said, you know, it takes a lot of, you mentioned thinking long term. I mean, it's good that you're saying that you, you see a lot more organizations now who are not just coming to Africa for, coming to Africa for the quick grab, but um, thinking a bit more strategic. Um, and yeah, one can't really underestimate the power of, you know, media and digitalization in terms of reaching these audiences and markets as well. And also in the commercialization of of sports on the continent, um, which ultimately helps to develop a sustainable sports market once you know money's put back into the right areas and invested into the right yeah. things. So, no, Andy, uh, thank you so much. Um, you? Really, really appreciate your time. It's been great. Um, I could talk to you for ages, just pick your brains and things. But yeah, I know our listeners have things to do as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And for those listening, thank you as well. Uh, again, we hope you find this useful. Uh, we'll have links to Afro Sports websites at the bottom. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to our podcast already, please do so. Um, also to our newsletter as well. If you go on our website in the top right corner, uh, you'll find a link to subscribe to that as well. So thank you everyone for your time. Thanks to you once again, Andy. And thank I guess you. we'll. You're here from us on the next podcast. So take care and bye.